Hello, this is the audio version of the Better Strangers article for Wednesday, November 29th. The title is How Do You Survive the Death of a Dream? It is written in red by me, Matt Hirschberger. Just so the listener knows, this is the beginning of our uh, new theme this month, which is Hope in the Dark. Last month's was Revolutions. Um, that consisted of articles talking about um, the ethics of sabotage, uh, the effectiveness of revolution, and um, also a short story that I wrote kind of on the topic talking about uh, climate activism and how it could be revolutionary. Um, this month will be the same type of format. Uh, the next today is kind of the intro article. Next week I will be doing kind of like a how-to guide for how to escape from nihilism. Uh, the week after that I'm actually speaking to an expert on um, kind of overcoming these like quote-unquote dark nights of the soul. And then the week after that I will do another short story. So uh, anyway, on with today's article. If I could have dinner with one fictional character, there is a pretty good chance I'd choose Neil Gaiman's Morpheus, a.k.a. the Sandman, Lord of the Dream World. This is not so much because I'm taken with the fictional universe which he inhabits, though I am, but because as a journalist who is interested in things like dreams and imagination, I am annoyed by my lack of access to the statistic-keeping bureaucracies of our collective unconscious. Specifically, I'd want to ask him, what are the numbers on the American dream? How badly have its numbers been dropping over the past 20 years? Which demographics still believe in it? Are they primarily white, male, Republican? Or is it still a dream of immigrants? F. Scott Fitzgerald pronounced the American dream dead in 1925 with uh, his book The Great Gatsby. Hunter S. Thompson did the same in 1972 with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. What, in Morpheus's professional opinion, gave the dream such resurrectory powers? Or is that the property of all dreams? I am pretty sure that Lord Dream would hate our dinner. But I need to know. A dying dream is a big deal, even on an individual level. In America, where basically all that unites us is our collective belief in the brutal fiction we call the American dream, the consequences of that dream's death may well be catastrophic. And it's been a rough 20 years for the bright, shining city on the hill. The 2007 economic collapse, the demoralizing forever wars, the election of a literal fascist to the presidency, and the intended decline in democratic mores and respect for human rights, the rise of powerful racial justice movements that question the very history that the dream is based upon, the walls built by both Republicans and Democrats to keep out the huddled masses yearning to breathe free, it's a shock that there's still anyone who believes in the American dream. In 1952, Langston Hughes wrote his famous poem, Harlem, about the black experience in America. I expect its words ring true to plenty of people outside that community as well. This is the poem. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? There's a good argument to be made that the American dream has always been a, been a fiction, that its professed egalitarianism has never been available to women, black Americans, people of color, uh, the indigenous people who were murdered en masse to make room for the city on the hill. But it's a problem when dreams collapse. Something else needs to be built from the rubble, and in spite of the American dream's many flaws, there are far darker visions of the future waiting in line to take its place. Ideological Collapse Leaving behind a destructive ideology is potentially the best thing a person can do in their life, but it's also intensely traumatic, and it is happening to a lot of people in the country at the moment. Just take religion. 
1972, roughly 90% of Americans identified as Christian. In 2020, the Pew Research Center found that number had dropped to 64%. In the same time, the number of Americans identifying their religious affiliation as none rose from 5 to 30%. If current trends hold, by 2070, Christians could be a minority in the United States, while nuns could be a majority. While, as an agnostic atheist, I am happy to see people leaving conservative, destructive institutions like the Catholic Church, I also know from experience religious transitions are hard. When you do it, you lose community. You lose comfort. You lose an afterlife. You lose an understanding of the cosmos. You lose the basic structures that have been giving your life meaning. And that's just religion. A lot of people aren't just losing their religion. They're losing their belief in an economic system, a political order, and in basic moral principles. They're losing their belief in a future in which we don't backslide towards fascism, in which we keep our planet livable, in which things actually improve. All of this combined is devastating. When the ideologies upon which we build our lives collapse, it's easy for us to fall into one of two alternatives. First, we can seek the comforts of fundamentalism, whether that's religious or political. And second, we can fall into nihilism, where nothing matters and everything is pointless. Neither one is productive, but the work of building something new is an immense task, the work of a lifetime. And how are you supposed to do that when everything is just so fucking bleak all of the time? Hope in the dark. For the next four weeks, we'll be exploring a new theme on Better Strangers, Hope in the Dark. The title is cribbed from Rebecca Solnit's seminal book, first published in the aftermath of George W. Bush's re-election in 2004 and re-released every few years when something else terrible happens. It is a history of the people who fought against totalitarian or imperialist forces with no real hope that their actions would ever amount to anything. How did these people, people like Vaclav Havel, Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, manage to find meaning in what they were doing even while it seemed hopeless? Solnit's book has had a lasting impact on me. In the middle of the dark Trump years, it showed me that people fought, fought on in wor far worse situations than mine. Since then, I've written extensively on this idea. The first thing I did that got me any attention on TikTok was a series I called The Anti-Despair Reading List, which was based on an article I'd written on my former blog. The article on the first video uh, to the playlist are linked in the um, the show notes if you're listening to this on the uh, on uh, an app. Uh, if you're listening to it on Substack, it's right there on the page. Uh, I've also compiled uh, my anti-despair reading, re reading list onto um, bookshop.org. Uh, that is also linked within the article. I've also written quite a bit about having kids in such dark times and my questions about whether or not becoming a parent was the right move. And I've got two of those articles uh, linked here, which discuss a lot of stuff that's tangential to what we'll be doing over the next couple weeks. But this month, I want to focus more specifically on the battle against nihilism and the attempt to build a worldview in which we can be rational, thoughtful creatures who understand the predicament humanity is currently in, but also get to experience things like wonder and joy. To that end, I'll be providing a guide for how to claw your way out of nihilism next week, then an interview with an expert who helps people transition through the quote-unquote dark night of the soul the week after that, and, of course, a short story on the topic to paid subscribers at the end of the four weeks. As always, I'd love to hear your comments on what people like to hear during this run of articles, so please leave those in the, uh, in the, on, on Substack or just send me an email. Um, I will absolutely try to include anything that I am asked for. Uh, so I look forward to the next few weeks and uh, hope you guys reach out.